Have you ever felt justified in holding on to anger? Or felt that you just can't shake it? Or maybe you've been unaware of anger smoldering inside, but notice that you're constantly feeling irritated and dissatisfied with everything? Your Mindful Life Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Mary Slocum, and today we're diving into anger and what may lie beneath it. First, though, if you're moved to support the podcast, I invite you to become a member at patreon.com slash yourmindfullife. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash your mindful life, all one word. Members not only support the show, but will also receive member-only content. Check it out. The link will be in the show notes. And now about anger. There's nothing intrinsically bad about anger. Anger is a natural emotion. In simple terms, emotions are simply feeling messengers that alert us to something that's happening in the moment. When the road is icy, fear arises, and so we drive more carefully. When we see the joy of a mother and newborn, Joy arises in us. When we see people being taken advantage of, anger arises in us, and we act to make a level playing field. Emotions connect us to what's happening right now. Anger is the emotion that outwardly moves us to action. When we see an injustice, anger arises in us, and we act to remove the injustice. This anger arises out of our compassion. When we see suffering, we are moved to do something to help to remove it by correcting the injustice. Notice that this anger is not directed towards any person, but rather points directly at the injustice itself. Now this anger may arise and remain with us for some time as our actions work towards alleviating the injustice. The anger flows through us and into the actions we are doing to relieve the suffering. Sometimes, however, the outward expression of anger gets stuck and it expresses itself habitually as aggression, hostility, or other destructive behaviors. We feel that we have no agency or that we cannot act. Or we feel that there is nothing we can do to alleviate the suffering or remove the injustice. And sometimes, when we can't express our anger outwardly, 
by acting to remove the injustice, the anger goes inward and gets stuck inside, creating feelings like resignation, hopelessness, and despair. In any case, the stickiness is actually our clinging to the anger. Unable to act appropriately, it sticks in us. So why does it get stuck? Perhaps the stickiness comes from a cultural taboo against expressing anger. We may have been taught to put up and shut up or to just take it, even when the injustice is directed towards us. Or perhaps as children, we protected ourselves in difficult and dangerous situations by not showing anger. We stuffed the anger away, hoping that we would disappear. Or perhaps we feel that we have no agency, that we are at the command of someone else or even some other group. We don't dare speak out. We don't dare to act. The truth is, the causes can be many. Sometimes we can remove the cause, and that relieves the anger. But often, we cannot. Instead, we can choose how we are going to be with it in a way that relieves it, rather than allow it to fester inside of us. In my life, anger has been a great teacher. A person very close to me had for many years been caught in the throes of addiction, hurting herself, her family, all her relationships, and all her endeavors. Her suffering was palpable. At first, when the call would come from her that she was in a desperate situation, I would get on a plane and fly 3,000 miles to be at her side with the belief that somehow I could set everything right. And once the appearance of health came back, I would leave triumphantly, assuming that all was right. Of course, this was a delusion. I had accomplished nothing. And each time another call came, the anger grew in me because I felt that I should be making a difference in her life. And why wasn't I? The anger was unpleasant and affected my relationships. But curiously, I failed to notice what was really happening for a long time. Through my mindfulness meditation practice, I suddenly noticed this anger and frustration, and I sat down with it. At first, I sat with it in the same way that I might sit by a campfire, giving it space, wanting to feel it, but not too close and not too far away. I watched its flames flicker and dance. I sat with it for a long time in this way, recognizing and acknowledging it. I got to know how it felt in my body, 
I allowed its tight burning sensations to be just as they were. And little by little, I noticed change. Somehow, just by being present in a curious, open, and loving way, the anger softened. And when it felt right, I began to investigate. I invited it to open to me from its perspective. And I asked inwardly, what's the worst part of this situation? And it let me know. It showed me what lay beneath. On the surface, there was a hurt ego desperately playing the savior, believing that it could control and fix everything, and feeling angry that no matter what it did, nothing changed for the better. And underneath that, there was a deep resentment that this person had spoiled our relationship. And underneath that, there was a paralyzing fear that this person so dear to me would be arrested, thrown into jail, or die. I recognized all this suffering in me, and I found something else too caring and love for her. It showed me that the way to freedom from my suffering lay in going through the anger, not clinging to it, not skirting it or attacking it or pushing it away. By being fully present with it and immersing my full attention in it, in a friendly and non-judgmental way, it allowed me to investigate and ask little questions like, what's the worst part of this? And this practice opened me to what lay on the surface and what lay beneath. And by accepting it all, wisdom opened to me. I acknowledged that I had no control of the situation. I could not fix anything, and my belief that I could was damaging to me and to her. I acknowledged that healthy boundaries were needed, that my running to her side every time she called had created an unhealthy dependency that was hurting both of us. I acknowledged that my behavior was making the situation worse, not better. And I acknowledged that I had choices in how I responded. And in this process, my love and compassion grew. When I let go of the belief that I could control and fix the situation, the burden lifted. The situation was what it was. I could no more control this person's behavior than I could control the hurricane that was bearing down on the east coast of the country at that very moment. And with this recognition came relief. 
And when I recognized and allowed that our relationship had changed and I stopped trying to keep it the same as it always was, relief came again because I acknowledged that everything changes all the time and trying to keep a relationship the way it was was going against the change that always happens in relationships, even in healthy relationships. And more relief came. And then at this point, deep sadness came. And I felt it in my body, heavy, lifeless, and dark. I realized that I was grieving the loss of this relationship that was so precious to me, not because of some willful act, but because of an illness, a disease. At that moment, I realized that sometimes there is no action that one can take other than allowing what is here right now and by sending loving kindness. And so I did. I sent her loving kindness and made it part of my daily practice. May she be safe. May she be happy. May she be free from suffering. May she be full of peace and joy. My experience led me to understand that noticing, acknowledging, and being present with anger are the first steps to allowing anger to move that is stuck. So now when anger arises, I turn to it and invite it to let me know what it is wanting, while knowing that its wanting will unwind like the layers of a juicy onion At first, as we cut the onion, it brings tears to our eyes. And then slowly, as we cook it, it releases its sweetness. So too with anger. And so I invite you to be with your anger, with curiosity, non-judgment, and love. I hope you enjoyed the show today, and as always, I'm grateful to you, my audience, for being here, and I'm also grateful for the people behind the scenes who make this podcast possible. Allie Allen for logo and podcast cover design, Gorgias Romero for original music, audio engineering, and production, Bill Rafferty for technical web support, and Margaret Haas for announcing the show. Be well, be mindful.